Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. He said, Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus, who is crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. The conqueror, victorious king and lord over every living thing. They tried to reject him, but he couldn't be ignored. They tried to take him out, but he couldn't be defeated. They said he was dead, but they didn't know the ending. Mighty Savior, he reigns forever. Jesus is alive. Amen. Jesus is alive. Amen. He has risen. He has risen, he has risen indeed. Amen. Amen. We're finally here to Easter Sunday. It seems like it's been a long time coming. And I hope none of you uh, pulled uh, a me today. Uh, my lovely wife got me a gift for Easter, and it was lovely. And what did I get her? Uh, nothing. Uh, so don't, don't, don't pull a me. Don't pull a me. Bad news. Gentlemen out there, get your wife something for Easter day. Uh-huh. <laughs> get used to it. Yeah, probably, unfortunately. <laughs> So we're finally here to Easter Sunday, and again, it feels like this has been a long time coming. It feels like forever ago that we had our Easter egg hunt last Saturday, and it feels like forever ago, uh, last Sunday, we talked about Palm Sunday. And we talked about Palm Sunday last week and how Jesus, he triumphantly entered the city of Jerusalem for his very last time. Now, Jerusalem was the, the central city for the Jews. It's like Washington, D.C. for the Americans. And Jesus was triumphantly entering the city of Jerusalem for his last time here on this earth. And one would expect or think that Jesus would ride on a big, majestic horse. But instead, Jesus rode on a lowly donkey. Not, not an image that you would uh, foresee or guess, but he rode on a donkey to fulfill prophecy that was written that their king would come in riding on a lowly donkey. And the people, as Jesus was entering the city of Jerusalem, the people were throwing down their cloaks, laying down palm branches, and shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna to the son of David! Hosanna in the highest! And we, and we looked at the original intent of the word Hosanna, and it means save us. Save us now. They, they were proclaiming, Jesus, save us. And save us now. They, they lived under the harsh Roman rule. And they were expecting and wanting Jesus to save them from that Roman rule, from the, the cruel uh, people put in charge over them. And, and they thought Jesus was coming to save them. They thought he was their savior from the Roman Empire. And they were shouting praise to him on Sunday. And then we fast forward five days to Friday. And we talked about this past Friday on Good Friday. And just five days later, after the Jews were shouting, Hosanna, Jesus, Hosanna to the Son of David, save us and save us now. Just five days later, the Jews, they are shouting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. They're shouting to their Savior to have him crucified. 
in just a span of five days, such a huge dramatic turn of events where they're shouting Hosanna at the beginning of the week, but by the end of the week, they're shouting crucify him, crucify him. What a stark turn of events that we see there in, in the story of Good Friday. And so the Roman uh, Empire uh, Pilate, the Roman governor of the area, he, he submitted to the will of the Jews, and he had Jesus crucified, and Jesus hung on the cross for six hours from about nine in the morning to about three in the afternoon. And, and he hung, and he, he didn't just die. He suffered, and he, he was getting mocked, spit at, a crown of thorns, nails pierced through his hands and through his feet. He went through a lot. That is an understatement, a very, very much an understatement, that Jesus went through a lot. But he died. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. The sins of the world, Jesus died. And now death, it's a scary concept. It, it's a scary concept that we all have to come to grips with. Now, me personally, I'm not so fearful of being dead, but I am absolutely fearful of the process of dying. As that, that's a scary thing. As Jesus himself, he didn't even want to go through the process of dying. As, as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane before, before he was crucified, he said, Father, if it be your will, please let this cup move from me, but yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus didn't want to have to die on the cross for our sins because death is crummy. It, it's crummy. And how, how many of you guys like me are, are fearful of either being dead or the process of dying? Raise your hand. Yeah, I, I would imagine just about all of us, if we were to be honest with ourselves, that we are fearful. We don't look forward to the process of dying or being dead. And Jesus himself didn't want to go through that either. And death is awful. It's awful, yet it plays such an important part in life. When I think of some of the greatest heroes throughout the world, I think of Alexander the Great, or George Washington, or Gandhi, or Augustus Caesar, or Charlemagne, or Julius Caesar, some of the greatest heroes of their time. And yet none of them, no hero throughout history, has been able to conquer the enemy of death. Not one single hero has been able to conquer the enemy of death, except for one person. Only one person throughout all of history has been able to conquer the enemy death. And as many of you guys are probably thinking right now, it's Jesus. Jesus Christ is the one who conquered death. He is the only hero throughout all of history who has been able to conquer death. No other hero has been able to conquer death. And that's what we celebrate this morning. We celebrate Jesus conquering death as God raised him from the grave. And that's what we come here to celebrate this morning, Easter Sunday, or some refer to as Resurrection Sunday. And so we'll go ahead and take a look at Jesus conquering death. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 27, the first book of the New Testament. If you don't have your Bibles, that's all right. The verses will be displayed behind me. So Matthew chapter 27, and we're going to start in verse 57 this morning. And this picks up right after Jesus was crucified and dead. Jesus, it's believed that Jesus was dead at around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And so we pick up in verse 57 of Matthew chapter 27. And it reads, when it was evening, this is, this is the same day that Jesus was crucified. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. 
And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. So here, as after Jesus was crucified, after he was dead, it was customary for the Roman uh, rule, their, their empire, when they were to crucify a criminal, it was customary for them to leave the criminal up there on the cross uh, to, to show an example to everybody else. And when, when they decayed, they would take uh, the remainings of their body and just throw them in a pit. However, Joseph of Arimathea came along and he asked Pilate, Pilate, may I please have the body of Jesus to give him an honorable uh, burial. And so Pilate, uh, he, he, he says yes to Joseph. And I, and I think Pilate was willing to do this because I feel Pilate had sympathy for Jesus. We can see the moments leading up to the crucifixion. As Pilate said, my hands are clean from, from, from the blood of this man. He, he didn't really think that Jesus committed any really sin. He didn't believe that Jesus should have been hanging up there on that cross. So, so with that said, Pilate having some sympathy on Jesus, he let Joseph bury him in his own tomb. So Jesus got his own tomb. He, he got an honorable burial. And then we pick up in uh, verse 62, we continue. And the next day, so this is the day after Jesus was crucified uh, on Saturday, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, Remember how that imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people, he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers, go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. So again, Jesus having his own tomb uh, to be buried at. Uh, the, the Jews, the Pharisees, the chief priests, they were concerned that Jesus' body would go missing. And again, this is just the, the day after Jesus was crucified. And the, the Jews, they come to Pilate, say, hey, Pilate, can you put some of your Roman soldiers to guard the tomb? Because we don't want Jesus' body come missing. Because he caused a big uprising. A lot of people followed him. A lot of people thought he was the Christ, the Messiah. And the Pharisees thought that was the biggest blasphemy in the world. And so they wanted to make sure that nobody would steal the body of Jesus. Because if the body of Jesus was found missing, then people would start saying, he has risen. And the Pharisees thought that would create an even bigger uprising than the first. Now, the Pharisees, they were concerned about the, the disciples stealing the body of Jesus. But let me, and some people still believe to this day that the disciples stole the body of Jesus. But let me assure you that that did not happen. And I can know that for certain because the disciples, they were willing to die for the belief that they had that Jesus was risen from the grave. And they were willing to die, and most of them did die for that belief. Now, what sane person in this world would die for something they knew wasn't true. The disciples didn't steal the body. Nobody stole the body. The, the tomb was secure with the guards and with the stone uh, sealed in front of the entrance of the tomb. Nobody stole the body of Jesus. But, but the Pharisees, they were concerned about it because they knew how big of an uprising it would have caused had Jesus' body gone missing. Had people really believed that Jesus rose from the grave. And so we continue in uh, chapter 28, verse 1. This is the following day. So this brings us to Sunday. And so it reads in verse 1, 
Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So here we see the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. There, there were two ladies, both with the name of Mary. They, they were going to the tomb. They were going uh, t- to visit the place of burial for uh, Jesus Christ. And as they arrived to the tomb, there was a great earthquake. And an angel of God descended from heaven to earth. And the angel moved the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. And the angel sat on the tomb. Now, the guards who were there guarding the tomb, they were shocked with fear. I mean, have you ever had that moment where you're just, like, paralyzed by fear? Like, <gasps> I mean, uh, that's what kind of imagined the guards were like. Uh, Matthew wrote that they became like dead men. Whatever that means, they were so fearful of this angel descending that they became like dead men. And so the angel tells the ladies, do not be afraid. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's a good one. Who, I don't know anybody who wouldn't be afraid at that moment. But the angel said, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. He's not here, for he has risen. He has risen. He has risen indeed. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. We'll try that again. He has risen. Yes, there we go. There we go. Perfect. And so, yes, he has risen. And and the Marys were told from the angel to go tell the disciples, go tell Jesus' disciples, his closest people, that he is risen. He is no longer dead. Jesus has conquered death. And so the two Marys, they go run to go tell the disciples on the way. They encounter the risen Jesus, the glorious, magnificent, risen Jesus. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. And and the, the ladies, two Marys, they fall down on their knees and they worship Christ, what a beautiful image that is. And later on, we, we won't read it, but later on, uh, Jesus confronts his, his 11 disciples at that time, the people closest to him, and he, he's their teacher, he's their friend. I mean, the disciples, they lost their best friend. They lost their savior. They lost their teacher, their master, their Lord, the Christ. I mean, Jesus meant so much to them. And on Friday, he was lost to them. He was dead to them. There's no more of Jesus at that time. But come Sunday, Jesus rose victoriously from the grave and he was alive and the disciples were able to see it. And that is, that is the, the end of the biggest week in the world, the most important week in the whole world throughout all of history. And again, it started with Palm Sunday with Jesus triumphantly entering the city of Jerusalem and the Jews shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then Friday comes along and the Jews are yelling, crucify him, crucify him. 
And Jesus hung on that cross for six hours while he's getting mocked and spit at. And then Sunday comes, and Jesus rose victoriously from the grave. He conquered death. One of the, the single greatest week throughout all of history. And that's what we're celebrating here today. We're celebrating the end to, to this one chapter and this one story. That Jesus rose from the grave after all of his hardships and all the trials that, that he endured just a couple days prior. And, and this is so great. This is so exciting that we're able to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, today. It's so exciting. However, when, when I was younger, um, I, I didn't understand why it was such a big deal that Jesus was raised on that third day. I mean, in my eyes, and, and maybe some of you see it similarly to me as I did back then, I mean, Jesus did the deed that he needed to. He died for the sins of the world. And yeah, I, I was happy for Christ. I was happy that he conquered death. And I was happy for him, but am I was like, why, why does everybody make such a big deal out of the resurrection? Why, why not put our sole focus on the cross? But the resurrection, the cross is no doubt super important, but the resurrection is also very important. And thank goodness for the words of Paul, as Paul informs us of the ramifications of Jesus' resurrection. So if you have your Bibles again, you can, you can uh, flip to the book of 1 Corinthians. This is a letter uh, written by Paul to, you guessed it, the church in Corinth. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and, and we're going to start in verse 12. And 1 Corinthians 15 is known as the resurrection chapter. It is all about resurrection. And Paul here is going to inform us on why this Easter Sunday why Resurrection Sunday is so important, or should be so important to us. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 12, Paul writes, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If Christ has not rose from the grave, then our preaching and our faith is in vain. And now Paul here, he says in verse 12, bring it back to the top. He said that how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? There are a group of Jews called the Sadducees and they didn't believe in the resurrection. Again, an easy way to remember that, the Sadducees, they were sad because they didn't believe in the resurrection. And so Paul, confronting the, these people who didn't believe in the resurrection, he said, how can you not believe the resurrection? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just rose from the grave. How can you not say that there's no such thing as the resurrection of the dead? And Paul said, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. The resurrection is the key to our faith. It's the key to the belief that we hold to today. Paul said that if Christ hadn't rose from the grave, 
my preaching, what I'm doing right now, would be all in vain. And you guys would better spend your time elsewhere. And Paul said that if Christ hadn't rose from the grave, the faith that you guys hold is all in vain. It'd be useless. It'd be no good had Christ not rose from the grave. But thank goodness, thank the Lord, that Christ indeed rose from the grave. He rose victoriously. Now the reason why the resurrection is so important, because the resurrection proved that Jesus was indeed the Christ, or the Messiah. Many people may think that Christ is kind of like a last name for Jesus, but that's not necessarily the case. Christ is a title, and Messiah is a title. The Messiah, the the Hebrew word for it, and Christ, the the Greek word for it in the New Testament. And it means the anointed one. The resurrection proved that Jesus was the one that God picked out to be the savior of the world, to die for the sins of the world. Christ's resurrection proved that his sacrifice for our sins was verified and God accepted it as God raised him on that third day. Without the resurrection, the cross has no meaning. But with the resurrection... The cross has all the meaning in the world, plus more. The resurrection is so important to this story as it proved that Jesus was the Christ. He was the Messiah. Nobody stole the body of Christ. The disciples didn't steal the body of Christ. No, that's foolish. Nobody would die for something that they didn't believe in. But they firmly believed. They saw the risen Lord and Savior after he was crucified on that cross. And that verified that Jesus was the Christ. That Jesus was the Savior of the world. That Jesus Christ indeed saved us. He died for the sins of the world. He died for the sins of me and for the sins of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. What a great message we have that hinges on the resurrection. Christ conquered death, the only hero. I mean, there's been some great heroes throughout of history, as we listed off some earlier in the service. There's some great heroes. There's some great people in this world, but not a single one of these bright minds, not a single one of these victorious people were able to conquer death. But Christ conquered death as God, his Father, his God and his Father, our God and our Father, rose him from the grave, and he rose victoriously and now we celebrate and remember this great event that took place 2,000 years ago when Christ uh, rose from the grave when he conquered death and it's a huge monumental event between the cross and the resurrection the single greatest event throughout all of history and it's great that our society has, has picked out a day for us to celebrate That glorious day, that glorious day when Jesus rose from the grave. I love it. That's great. However, there's a day coming that is going to be even greater. There's a day coming that's going to be even greater. See, we celebrate an event that took took place 2,000 years ago when our risen Lord and Savior died and rose from the grave. The grave, and we celebrate that that happened 2,000 years ago. <laughs> However, I want Easter to serve as a reminder for you guys, for all of us, that one day Christ is coming back. Christ is coming back, and at his return, when Christ comes back, 
Those who belong to him will be raised from death. Those who belong to Christ will conquer death itself. And, and Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 20. Just a couple verses down. He said, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come for the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Oh, what, what an awesome passage found here in, in the resurrection chapter as Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. Paul says that Jesus uh, he, he mentions in verse 20 that he has fallen asleep. Now, falling asleep, being asleep, that's just a euphemism or a, a nice way to put death that they used in, in the Bible times as he was resting. As w- when you die, you are just resting in the grave. Nothing more, nothing less. And so Paul says that Jesus died, but he was the first fruits of those to be raised. He was the first one to be raised and conquer death. And Paul brings this all the way back to Adam. In the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the first two people he created were Adam and Eve. And many of us may be familiar with the story in Adam and Eve sinning by taking parts of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And with that sin came death. It came the curses of the sin, the fall of mankind. Without that sin, there'd be no death. But with that sin, death was introduced to this world. And so through Adam, through the actions of Adam and Eve, Death has been brought to us all. What a sad story. Death has been brought to us all. However, it does not end there. Jesus said, or Paul said in verse 22, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Through Adam we receive death, but through Christ we receive life. We receive life. And Paul says when Jesus comes back to this earth, those who belong to him, those who have given their life over to God, those who have given their life over to Christ, they will be raised to eternal life. They will be permanently a conqueror of death. Permanently, they'll be raised to everlasting life. If you give your life over to God, if you give your life over to Christ, then you'll be raised to eternal life when Christ comes back to this earth. Let me tell you, Christ is coming back. Now, I can't tell you guys when Christ is coming back. We, we don't know. Nobody knows. Not even Jesus knows himself. Only the Father knows. Only God knows when Jesus is coming back. I mean, it could be today for all we know. Or Christ could come tomorrow. Or he could come back next year. Or in 10 years. Or in 1,000 years. Or even more. We don't know when Christ is coming back. But you have to be ready. You have to be ready at all times. Because what I do know about the coming of Jesus is that it's going to come like a thief in the middle of the night when nobody is going to expect it. Christ is going to come when none of us are expecting it. All these people saying they know when Christ is coming back. They don't. They don't. That's the truth. It's going to come like a thief in the middle of the night when nobody is expecting it. And so we need to get ready. And on top of that, not only do we have to be focused on when Christ is going to return, unfortunately, we don't know when, when our time is up here on this earth. We don't know when we're, when we're going to kick the bucket and we're going to have to deal with the consequences of death. 
We all think we're safe until we're not. I mean, that, that's true. We, we think we're invincible until we're not. We all think that when we go to a funeral, we all think that we're not next. No way we're not next. Someone else. We, we don't even give that much of a thought. But we're constantly surrounded by sad and awful stories of people of all ages suffering from the consequences of death. And we might be next. You might be next. I might be next. And that's something that we have to deal with. And so with that said, you have to get ready for Christ's return right now. Right now. Get ready for Christ's return. This is an urgent message and an urgent response is needed. For if you're ready, when Christ comes back, you'll be raised to eternal life. You'll partake in the pleasures of God's coming kingdom. Well, there'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sickness, nor pain, nor crying. For the former things will have passed away at the coming of God's kingdom. That's the hope that's in store for us if we are ready for Christ's return. And we only get one shot at it. We only get one shot. And it's this life right here, right now. And don't waste the opportunity that you have. I want to bring all of you guys, everyone here with me into God's coming kingdom and enjoy a fellowship with God and his son, Jesus Christ, and God's coming kingdom. I want to see all of you guys there, and I would love that. I want to bring as many people as possible with me into God's kingdom. I want to see you all resurrected on the day that Christ returns, just like Christ was resurrected 2,000 years ago. That's a great reminder that, that we celebrate today, that Christ was resurrected. Well, guess what? When Christ returns, we too can be resurrected just like that. And have so much power and authority if you're ready. If you're ready. And I want you there. But more importantly, God wants you there. God wants you there. And how I know that is because as we remember it on Good Friday, God had his perfect son in Jesus Christ. God had what he wanted in Jesus Christ. A, sin, or a son who was sinless a son who sought him with all of his ways. God had it. God had it with Jesus. We read in the suffering servant songs in, in Isaiah that it was God's will for Jesus to be crushed and pierced on that cross. It was God's will for that to happen. It was God's will because he wants you. God wants you you he wants you he wants you to be a part of his coming kingdom he wants you so bad that he was willing to send his perfect son jesus christ to die on the cross for your sins because the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god is eternal life through christ jesus our lord what a good message we have what a good message we have a message where we have a father a god who loves us and he wants the best for us and he wants to spend eternity with us in his perfect, never-ending kingdom. Jesus rose victoriously from the grave 2,000 years ago. And let that serve as a reminder that we too can raise victoriously from the grave, just like Jesus did, if we're ready for when he comes back. And so it's my plea to you all this morning. Get ready for the return of Jesus Christ. We have one shot at this. Of one shot 
We celebrate victory, which we remember 2,000 years ago, but one day we're going to be celebrating victory again when we will rise victoriously from the grave just like Jesus did. What a great message we have. Hallelujah, praise God, amen. Can I get an amen? amen? He has risen. He has risen indeed. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for the hope that we have. The hope that as we celebrate today, where we can remember Jesus Christ, your son, who died on the cross for our sins, and the hope that we have that we can remember that your son, Jesus Christ, your perfect son, rose victoriously from the grave as you resurrected him to new life, to everlasting life. And Father, I thank you so much for the gift of life that we have. Where if we come to you, if we give our life over to you and your son, that we have that same chance to be raised to eternal life, just like your son. Father, I pray that nobody in this room wastes the opportunity, wastes the opportunity of a lifetime that we have. Father, I just let you know, I, I just want you to let these people know here that you love them, that you care for them, that you sent their Savior for them. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus who rose victoriously from the grave. And Father, we look forward to the day when your son, Christ, comes back to this earth and we too will rise victoriously from the grave. Thank you, Father. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.